Welcome to Main Menu for August 8, 2009. I'm Jamie Pauls. On this week's episode, Ricky Inger of Serotech tells us about Accessible Event. Next, we hear highlights of a presentation by Reginald George to the Real Eyes Computer Users Group of Kansas City all about Magic Jack. Finally, Larry Turnbull and Rachel Schroeder visit with Dave Wilkinson and Greg Field of Humanware about Orator for the Blackberry. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. visiting this week with Ricky Inger of Serotech, and it's great to have you back on Main Menu. It's great to be back. I thoroughly enjoyed myself uh, the last time I was here, and uh, again, good to be back. Yeah, the last time we were talking about the imminent release of System Access version 3.0. That seems like it's been a long time ago, doesn't it? I know it does. It seems like it's been about three years ago since we've done so many updates since that 3.0 release, making it better and better. But it's actually only been uh, a few months. Time flies when you're having fun, I suppose. That's a fact. Yeah. Well, this time we are talking about a new service that you guys have just launched called Accessible Event. Um, Go ahead and tell us about that a little bit. Um, well, for, first I'll give a very simplistic explanation of Accessible Event, and then I'll kind of expand on that a little bit. Uh, in its very simple form, Accessible Event is an online accessible meeting platform. And uh, it sounds great, but what does that actually mean? Uh, in in times past, uh, when we have been blind students or blind professionals, and we've been in meetings where a presenter has a PowerPoint or spreadsheet or what have you. Um, Whether we were sitting in the room or whether we were coming into the meeting uh, from online, we were typically excluded from being able to actually look at the professor's material or the presenter's material. We sort of had to go on what the person was saying and we didn't have that material to, to augment the experience. Uh, online classes are becoming far more common and certainly if you are a part of a corporation typically meetings will be filled with all sorts of charts and graphs and documents that everybody really needs to look at in addition to hearing what the presenter has to say so uh, accessible event now makes that happen and puts blind people on an equal par with their uh, their sighted counterparts and uh, so what happens is that uh, you just use your web browser to log into an accessible event meeting and much like uh, go to meeting and go to my uh, or uh, Adobe Connect things like that it's uh, except it's accessible so that's kind of a, a brief explanation of, of what it is excellent yeah now, when you launched it, uh, and I went to the press conference, actually I checked out the archive after it was over, but I remember thinking to myself, this is one of those things that's probably not going to really, uh, people aren't really going to understand until later. You know, some things just kind of are in your face and you get it instantly. But I was, do you think that's probably true, that that's one of those things that's kind of grow on people a little bit? 
I think you're right because uh, for two reasons really and the first is unfortunately I think that we have become accustomed to not being fully included in meetings like this and not being able to take full advantage of the online classroom experience or even uh, being in a physical classroom where, where a PowerPoint or something like that is being displayed. So we've, we've sort of become used to not having that capability. And maybe the second reason is uh, this is one of those things that doesn't make sense and doesn't really catch on until you have actually attended a meeting and, and seen how it works and you think oh wow yes I truly do need this type of technology and it is very much a benefit to to me from the blind person's perspective then it's actually a browser experience right that's exactly right it's uh, for for any for any browser which has flash 9 or later installed uh, this is going to work now typically that means that you would be logging in from a computer but there are a few portable devices like phones and PDAs that uh, that do have flash 9 or later installed and you'd be able to to log into this event with your meeting code from those devices as well okay so and that that brings up a good point when you are actually attending a meeting you go to accessibleevent.com and then you actually enter a code correct that's exactly right. Uh, traditionally, with uh, with online meeting platforms, this is exactly how it works. A presenter organizes a meeting, and uh, they they send out sort of an email announcement to those people that they're going to invite to attend the meeting. That includes uh, the website and a meeting code, which you will enter to be able to attend that event. And in this case, it does happen to be accessibleevent.com as the uh, the web address that you'll go to. And then you'll enter the meeting code provided by your uh, your presenter. Good. And and the, the browser refreshes. I noticed during the press conference as you guys were talking when a new slide would come up, the the buffer would refresh and or you know depending on your screen reader uh, but definitely the um the information was right there in front of you you could read it as you were listening that's right whenever the presenter updates uh material which at this point uh can be a powerpoint presentation a microsoft word document an excel spreadsheet or a web page whenever a presenter updates that in any way whether it be adding text to a Word document or changing the slide in a PowerPoint presentation or navigating to uh, a different web page or what have you, then that content gets updated and you review that content if you are a blind person with your uh, assistive technology of choice, be that Braille or speech or what have you. If, uh, if it's an Excel spreadsheet, you can navigate that via table navigation because it is presented in your browser so you'll just use your your HTML ta table navigation features of uh, your screen reader to navigate that now if you're a sighted person and there are sighted people who can certainly benefit from AE uh, if you're a sighted person you're just going to see the PowerPoint or the Word document or whatever as it is as it is shown on the uh, on the presenter's side so it has all of the graphics and things like that that the presenter designed into it and that I think is one thing worth mentioning that 
if you are a corporation who has blind and sighted members, you can do one of two things. You can use Accessible Event as a standalone program where uh, your blind and sighted folks log into the same meeting and uh, hear the audio and see the video of the presenter if that's available and obviously see the see what's being presented but a lot of times corporations already have their own meeting solution and they aren't necessarily interested in saying okay you know we've spent quite a bit of money on this meeting solution but in order to have accessibility we've got to go buy something entirely new that isn't the case with accessible event uh, if you want to continue using your current corporate meeting solution for all the sighted folks you just send out your invites as you normally would and uh, for the blind folks who would be attending you set up the accessible event and send them that meeting code in these meeting programs work alongside each other rather than you're needing to have one or the other. Excellent. And I noticed in looking at the website that uh, the pricing structure is very straightforward and very easy to find. There, You could go ahead and actually, if you'd like, just talk about some of the different models, whether you actually give prices or not is, is fine. But Sure. Um, we do have a couple of different models and we've kind of divided it into a personal model and a corporate model and uh, with the personal model you are able to have a meeting with uh, five people in attendance and you can purchase that in a day pass uh, you can do it monthly or you can do it yearly and the same is true for the corporate model you can uh, have a day pass as well with that and you can also purchase it monthly or yearly so regardless of kind of the the size of meeting that uh, that you want to have and the frequency of meetings that you think you're gonna have we think we've got a structure that's really going to work for for all of those types of scenarios and uh, if you need more than 25 people we do have uh, the ability to to upgrade the uh, the number of attendees that you're going to have and just uh, as an example of pricing for 995 a day for a personal day pass or 1495 for a corporate day pass it's very easy to um, to just come in and take it for a test drive uh, you're not gonna break the bank just to see how this is going to work so if you've got future meetings that uh, that you want to try out and see how accessible event works for that very easy to log in and purchase via PayPal or obviously you can call Saratech as well and we'll be happy to sign you up excellent that's great well it sounds very straightforward it sounds very easy I'm assuming that from the uh, presenters point of view the uh, the controls are quite easy and quite straightforward definitely and uh, as we as we usually do we have made an effort to make this the the least invasive type uh, program so just as with uh, with anything else Saratech does we don't want to leave anything behind on the presenters computer so they've got just a little uh, program that they download it runs in the background and they're able to configure things on the initial launch of the program such as uh, do I want to be able to accept questions via text or audio video 
and if they do allow for that, then present or uh, attendees will have the opportunity to ask a question, and they'll be presented with uh, the ability to do that via audio or video. They can also do things like uh, enable live voice chat, which kind of opens it up for a little more roundtable experience or a little more uh, less formal, I suppose, experience where attendees can sort of break in at any time and say, oh, wait, I have a question. Whereas with uh, just the ability to send a question, it's at the um, at the presenter's discretion w- whether to accept that question right then or to discard it until they're ready to receive questions. Um, once the uh, once the presenter runs the host program, it stays in the background. It has a context menu there in uh, the system tray, which can be activated and various configuration options chosen and when the presenter's done they simply shut down the accessible event host and it goes away as if it had never been there wonderful that sounds really really neat if you um, are able would you like to give us some actual real world examples of how this has been used so far absolutely we have uh, I'll just uh, talk about one that I've done myself recently and uh, I'm certainly not the only person who's doing this but uh, just to give an example of how this can be used uh, I was able to do a presentation to a group who was all the way in Texas and I'm here in North Carolina I had a PowerPoint presentation that I wanted to show not only that group who was there in the room and were able to log in with their uh, their computers or PDAs, but they had people who were unfortunately unable to attend the conference and still wanted to get that information. So I, as the presenter, came in, showed my PowerPoint and things like that, and uh, people from everywhere, not just in this one town in Texas, were able to come in, see that presentation, and ask questions both from within the room and uh, from from outside the conference that was being held. And uh, several several people have done that very thing where they had uh, sort of uh, state conventions and that kind of thing, and they had people who weren't able to attend, unfortunately, but they still wanted to offer the uh, the presenters from those conventions they wanted to give people the chance to to look at those presenters and ask questions and it worked out nicely great is there anything else that you think we need to mention or talk about before we wrap up i think we've pretty much covered it again that's www.accessibleevent.com very easy to sign up and take it for a a test drive and i think that uh, you're all going to like it enough to keep coming back again and again if you have any questions about accessible event there is uh, a user's guide and frequently asked questions on the website or you can give us a call at Saratech at 866-202-0520 and we're happy to answer any questions that you may have excellent well thanks for speaking with us this time thanks for inviting me as always it's been a pleasure I'm Reginald George, and tonight we're talking about the Magic Jack. 
the Magic Jack is a telephone alternative. It is a voice over internet protocol telephone alternative, VOIP. And what it will let you do, I'll just hold it up in the air so Echo can see it since you guys already have. Mm-hmm. When you order it in the mail, this is all you get. All the software is on the device. It doesn't put anything into the registry of your computer. You plug this into your computer. It's meant to plug in one phone. You can plug a cordless phone into it or an answering machine or a fax machine. They say they don't really support faxing, but it might work. However, I know a lot of people that are using this as their only telephone um, and just having incoming calls go to their cell phone. Uh, The way I have it set up at my house, I disconnected the line to the pole because we don't have a a regular landline telephone there. We don't want to pay the bill. And this is $20 for this device or $20 a year. I understand now that you can pay $50 and get five years of service. For that $50 for five years of service, $10 a year, what you get is a telephone line that supports enhanced 911. They take your physical address and everything, and you can go back later and fill that out. There's a website that you can go to that's your portal where you can change your information. You get free voicemail. You get a telephone number. You get caller ID that works. Now, right now, they didn't have any telephone numbers in the Kansas City area, so the number I got was in St. Charles, or Kirkwood, Missouri, actually, but it shows up St. Charles. And uh, a friend of mine just signed up with them, and and she also decided to take a number in the 314. 314 area code because that's as close as we could get to Kansas City. It still says Kansas City pending. Um, They do add numbers all the time, but I got this back in November, December, and we still don't have a number for here yet, so I don't know if we're going to get any 816 numbers or not. Personally, I didn't care because I want to use it mostly for outgoing calls just to save minutes on my cell phone and because it does offer you free long distance all over the United States and Canada as well. Um, and that's the real the real beauty of this thing is for someone who travels, um, they can take this with them to a computer in Bombay, India, if it's an internet hotspot or... Most public computers, it doesn't seem to really have trouble with the uh, router firewalls or anything. We're going to get to test that out tonight here on the Campfire Network. And uh, you can plug this in and plug your telephone into it in your hotel room, and all of a sudden you can make local United States calls to your friends and family, and they can call you on your regular telephone number for free. Woohoo! So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, wow. That is the so if I took it to Harrisonville and we don't have phone service out there, would I plug it in outside or the main line that comes into the house? How does that work? <coughs> you, said you, you would just plug phone. a phone into it, like a cordless it's phone. It's like or a clip jack. Put a jack oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you didn't, if you don't have land service out there, you could do like I did and actually run it to the wall. I think I finally discovered why they don't tell you to do that. 
I don't think this thing puts out enough voltage to support the ringers of more than one telephone hooked to it at a time. Um. Now, I don't have mine ring. I, I went to the website and told it to forward all calls to that number to my cell phone, and that's my workaround because I don't like the way the call waiting works, and, and um, I just didn't really care about getting calls on it and giving people out the number. So, yeah, if people call that number, it automatically gets forwarded to my cell phone. Um, <clears throat> but if you need that thing to ring, uh, I'll have to actually test it. Uh, but I've got it hooked to the wall, so I've got outgoing service on all the phone jacks in the house, but I have a feeling it might not be able to ring the telephones. But it works fine if you have one phone hooked to it. I think certain phones it may have a problem with trying to get them to ring, certain cordless phones, or it takes, it's like a delayed uh, ring. All those little, I, I don't know, for better word, those little ones you plug in, the electric outlet phones. Mm-hmm. So there are some little technological quirks to it. Um, I like it that it gives you a regular Ma Bell type dial tone. You guys will get to hear that in a minute. We'll pass the cordless phone around here and make a call, um, assuming that it works. So all the software comes on the device. Uh, like I said, it doesn't really put anything in the registry. It just puts a magic jack icon on the desktop. It takes about two minutes to set up. The first time you set it up, you do have to go through a regist some registration screens in there. Kind of quirky as well. I've never seen where you actually had drop-down boxes for north, northeast, northwest for your street address. Um, That's and then you've got a drop-down box to pick like street, avenue, road, boulevard. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know. And you can tab through, but um, I was able to get through the registration without sighted help but it took a little bit of doing. And uh, the soft, it does put a little software phone on your computer where you can store your contacts and where it remembers where you've called and so on. Oh, um, wow. That's accessible. And they say that they can pop up ads. I've never seen any. If it is popping up ads, the screen readers ignore them, um, which is nice. I put it in auto sizer and told it to minimize it and always keep it out of the way. That's a free little program that you can get to, to control, make your Outlook or Internet Explorer or Word documents always come up full screen that runs in the background. And uh, I told AutoSizer to always make this program minimize so that it wouldn't get in the way of my work when it rang or when I was making phone calls because the little window pops up. That's no big deal. You just alt-tab or close it and get it out of the way. But um, it didn't cry about being minimized or anything. It, it, uh, it still went ahead and dialed as normal. But I wouldn't use the, the soft phone application, the little program that runs on your computer, um, to store your phone numbers and stuff. And that's because some of the buttons just say button, and it's not a very accessible interface. But you don't get it for that. You're getting it so that you can make calls with your regular telephone, and that right. is very easy. All you do is dial the area code and the number. <clears throat> On your phone, and it rings, and you're connected. Cool. So that's enough uh, preview without all that explanation. And I haven't installed this on Vista, so we're going to plug this into Andrea's computer here. This beautiful little... Sony laptop. They should be paying us for advertising for them. And uh, 
then we'll we'll see what happens. We're going to plug this in and see what it does. Installing device driver software. Click here for status. Your devices are ready to use. Device driver software installed successfully. Okay. That means that it is not working properly. Because that's not a Marvell type dial tone. Okay, folks. It's not here. <laughs> There's no icon on the desktop. It says it's ready to use, but I'm not seeing it on the tray. So now... I think somewhere in the troubleshooting, I might have read, if it doesn't work the first time, unplug it and plug it in again. Okay. I just couldn't unhook it very easily, so I just brought this. Okay. Um, I get nervous with these things, and, and that's why I left it unplugged for so long, but I'm going to plug it in again. Now that it's loaded the drivers... We'll see if it can install some software from itself. I do think that was probably the issue. Maybe I should put the screen echo on all. All. Magic Jack the is there now? Highlighted. CD Drive 8. Magic Jack Vista only G. Magic Jack Vista only. Enter. So I'll hit enter on it. Where was that? In the system? CD Drive 8. Magic Jack Vista only G. I went into my computer. Oh, so it, it actually sees Magic Jack as a drive? Now I hear the yeah, it does, but you hit enter on it and then CD drive eight. Data campfire server N. Apps campfire server Q. Users campfire Bluetooth information exchanger. Folder view list view. C D drive H six oh ten. Data campfire server. Now on XP it puts two drives. It actually takes two drive letters. Oh wow. Like a U three. But you can't access any files on it. Well you yeah, actually you can <coughs> see a couple of files on OneDrive, but you're not really supposed to. It's not supposed to be writable. CD drive H. Magic Jack Vista only G. I hear this fan on the laptop going faster and faster. I'm not sure what that means either. It didn't seem like anything was happening. There was nothing on the tray, Jim. Yeah. Nothing uh, to alt tab to or anything. And now it's been installing software this whole time, and now it's just about ready to go. Magic Jack dialog. Edit dial button. Hang a button. One button. Two button. Three button. Four button. Five button. Six button. Seven button. Eight button. Nine button. Zero button. Star button. Number button. Minimize button. V button. Open URL button. MWI button. Oh F zero gosh. button. Press M one button. M two button. F zero button. F one button. F two button. Menu button. List two. List view. Zero items. Records. Header bar. One to one. List one. List view. Got selected. Eight hundred sixteen. Two hundred seventy-seven. Nineteen. I go to eight hundred sixteen. Two hundred seventy-seven. Nineteen. I go to. Okay. Uh, apparently it popped up in the uh, soft phone window now, so it's all up and ready to go. Um, and Where did the it phone numbers that I've dialed in the past or that I actually put into the, the soft phone it has uh, remembered, even on this computer. Page up. I wanted to do... Faster, slower, slower, slower. A little slower with JAWS. Um, Anyway, like I said, you can tap, tap dial button. through this window, and you know you've got a dial button and all the numbers. Tap, hang a button, hang a button, and those tap. read dial, hang up. Tap one button, tap two button. So you can actually dial a number in here. I think by typing the number and hitting Alt D to dial or Alt H to hang up using the soft phone on the computer. Shift, shift tap, hang a button, shift tap, dial button. Shift tap, edit. And I did want to show you guys this. Shift tap, menu button. There's a menu button. Shift tap, F2 button. Shift
shift tab, F1 button, shift tab, F0 button. So you got F0, F1, and F2. Shift tab, M2 button, M2 button. M2. I'm not sure what the Shift tab, M1 button. Shift tab, MWI button. And an MWI button. Shift tab, open URL button. Shift tab, V button. Now why would you want to open a URL? <laughs> Down that way. And then there's a V button. Shift tab, minimize button. Maybe that's voicemail. Okay, so I'll, I'm just going to hit space on the minimize button for now. We're not going to worry about that. Space. On the so now it's down on the tray. It's out of the way. We don't care about it anymore, but it's going to pop up when I turn on the speakerphone, I'm sure. Magic Jack Dialog. Edit. Now it's a regular phone phone dial tone. So wait. So I'll dial 800-555-TEL. Assuming I can dial on Andrea's phone. You don't need the one on here like cell phones, right? No, you just dial the area code and the number. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Thank you. Business search. Stop quotes. Correct, Andrea? Yes. Uh, what kind of reception were you getting down here? Did you go and look at the, uh, the meter? No, I had, no. And that's what I was going to ask you about. Now, would you, would you say, and you, if you view Skype, you know that it's, it's far from perfect. I mean, it's pretty incredible, but obviously there, there, is, there is some network congestion and breakups, and it's, it's not perfect. Now, would, would you think or maybe suggest that this is a bit more reliable or maybe better sound quality than Skype? or how would you I don't know that it's better sound quality since you're using regular phones. If you use it with your PC headset, I would like to think it would be every bit, bit as good. Uh, I do think it's more robust, uh, partly because there just aren't that many people on it yet, but also because Skype is peer-to-peer. True and, enough. And this is a dedicated phone network. The phone company do, do not... Phone companies do not like these guys. They were written up in the Wall Street Journal. They've got infomercials on TV. I mean, they are selling this thing to the mass market. It is supposed to be simple enough for, you know, Al Bundy to take this thing home and his computer and plug it in. All right. So, um, well, I mean, you had it up and running in, in two minutes. I mean, without a glitch, really, just a small... Well, there wouldn't have been a glitch. I, there was probably an hourglass, or there could have been a please wait or something on the screen that I wasn't seeing. And as patient as we always all are, you yeah, know. Yeah, we're like, yeah. you know. Exactly. It said two minutes. I think it might have taken a little longer, but it it did go right in. And the uh, There's just a, a lot of interesting uh, ramifications to this. I mean, to me, to have a... The idea of, of having, uh, I mean, even Skype is, is uh, 
if you take the incoming and outgoing service with them, it's about $100 a year. Right. If you take the big plan with this, it's $10 a year. <laughs> yeah. For free, you know, long distance. Assuming that the company stays around and nobody knows that. Um, I'm sure the government would love to regulate them uh, as a regular telephone company because that's what they're advertising themselves as is a landline alternative but the fact that you can put in your physical address and it will send information to enhance 911 and that when you call somebody your number actually does show up be it local to wherever it is but that and you can get caller id information as well it'll speak you know with jaws when now, somebody calls you the number of the person that's calling or the name if they're in your contact list. Or you could easily set up a frame if it doesn't do it all the time, but you can look. And um, and and Skype won't do that. No, it won't. It's a big consideration with Skype is but you can never get uh, localized 911 ever. And also, even if you have a Skype in number, it won't show up when you call someone on their caller ID. It'll show up as like 00000123. So a lot of people won't answer, and yeah. you're screened out of a lot of systems because of that. And this kind of gets around all that. And like you said, if you unhook your line from your junction box of your house and to the pole and plug this thing directly into a wall jack, all it works. All the phones in your house, at least from the outgoing side, just fine. Of course, the the disadvantage to this is uh, uh, simply that you do have to leave the computer on. Uh, if you're going to use it as like a main home phone service. But if that's all you got and you don't want to pay for a landline and you mostly want it for outgoing calls, then it's a great thing. So we're going to go to the magicjack.com site. Go to customer care. There's a self-portal where you can go in and... and check or uncheck having your calls forwarded to another number, I think it would be very neat if it was set up in such a way that as soon as you plug the unit in, it would unforward your phone number. Oh, that'd be, yeah. that'd be cool. Maybe that'll come in an update. I don't know. Um, sometimes I've noticed the audio is a little loud. You can adjust the handset volume um, from the system tray, unfortunately, the sliders, that screen is not accessible. Just the slider one, slider two, and you do the arrows and nothing happens. Um, the other thing that I found interesting that I need to test a little bit more thoroughly with somebody was the uh, call waiting could get somebody in a whole lot of trouble. Uh, you know. Have you tried it, tried it lately? Really? You, could, you could be talking to, no, I haven't. Okay. But you could be talking to your husband, for example, and your boyfriend would call, and you'd say, uh, wait a minute, honey, while I get that bozo off the line. <laughs> well, the husband's not going to hear the boyfriend, but he's going to hear you telling the boyfriend, wait a minute, while I get the other person oh, off the okay. line. <laughs> and then you find yourself sleeping in a cardboard box under a <laughs> street grid. <laughs> um, However, I believe that you can hit star a couple of times and put the person on hold before you switch over to call waiting um, okay. and eliminate that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just something I haven't gotten had a chance to play with a whole lot. 
the other <laughs> interesting thing about it is it does support three-way calling. But oh. tell me who's going to three-way call this way. Under the frequently asked questions, it says if you're going to do three-way calling, both of the calls have to be incoming. Oh, okay. And then you can hit star pound and connect the calls together. Okay. So, oh, okay. so you tell both people to call you, I guess, and then you can have a conference that way. That's totally weird. So, <laughs> that's, that's, so yeah, because... Now, what about the voicemail situation? The voicemail is actually uh, pretty nice. Uh, you call your own number, hit star, and then I think the first time your password's like 0000, and then it lets you set up your voicemail, and then I think it takes pretty much unlimited messages and keeps them there for you forever, as far as I could tell. Wow. Uh, again, something that somebody needs to... Do you to get a, a breaking dial tone? Like, do you know if you have messages or yes, do you just have to call it? Yes, you do get a breaking dial oh, tone, a stutter mean. tone. Yeah. If I have an answering machine at my house, I never look at it. So, fascinating. So, no outgoing three-way calling. It has to be incoming. <laughs> and you can switch to handset or switch to uh, uh, computer headset. Let's look at... Um, really quickly at the options uh, from the system tray icon because that's about the only thing I ever use. Select the system tray icon dial. 2, 3, BA, 6. Black, 7, 4. Uh, must have hit the touchpad or something. Let's try that again. 707 PM. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Select the system tray icon dialog. List box magic jack 107. Okay. Got magic jack so before I hit anything I'll hold my breath and hit tab. Tap, right signal, click button, space. Context menu. Switch to headset. So you see that? Help. Yes. And now you're arrowing down. Yep. Volume slash headset control dot dot dot. Thank you. You have to translate. I don't multitask real well. So there's the volume headset control, and that's the screen that's not accessible. That just says slider one, slider two. Download Outlook add dot dot dot. Download Outlook add-in. So I guess you can call make calls through Microsoft Outlook. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my gosh. There is no affiliate program for this at this point. Um but I'm wondering if there are if if they will if there will be someday. Um, and volume slash headset control dot dot. I think they're really pitching this for businesses as a way to get them to cut down on their phone costs. Download outlook added dot dot do not disturb. So okay. you can set it on that if you don't want your phone to add ring. contacts dot dot dot. Add contacts and that's that's to the soft phone then. That that looks new. I don't know that I've seen that before under XP. Advanced user sub menu. Then on the advanced users submenu, restart. I right arrowed and I got restart. Minimize the tray. Google dot dot dot. Four hundred eleven directory dot dot dot. Magicjack.com dot dot dot. <laughs> so you can hit enter on those and it'll pop open those websites. Restart. Mm-hmm. And that that's the whole advanced menu. Adva- terms of service dot dot dot. How'd you get back left? No, I left arrowed mm-hmm. and now I'm down on terms of service. The only interesting thing I I did read the entire terms of service and. Uh, they said that they can use something about the locations of the numbers you call to kind of target ads. Oh, when you go like online that. or whatever? Well, I think it's, it, it can pop up ads, like visual ads, while you're talking on the phone. Ah. You know, that they might get some revenue stream from that. Switch the headset. Terms of ads do not disturb. So I'll go up here to help. Download outlook volumes. Help. And hit enter. Enter. Leaving menus 55%. That was the page cannot be found 100%. Menu. 
The page cannot land. Heading level one, the page cannot And it brought it up in Internet Explorer. They need to update that. Oh, boy. And I don't think if it's like you can call up and find a human. I don't even know how well they answer email. But when I hit enter on help, it's uh, definitely a dead web page. But you can, there is help and, and an FAQ from customer service. If you go there yourself, they must have just moved it, but I think they need to update their software. Yeah. So, okay, that's about, I've exhausted this, unless uh, you guys have questions. So, 411, uh, have you tried dialing any directory assistance numbers, uh, local or long distance? I've tried Goog 411 and... Eight hundred free four one one. They work. How about one code plus five five five? I've ordered a pizza off of it. Yeah. Area code plus five five five. Yeah, yeah one two one. You know the old style directory assistance that now it costs quite a bit of money. I'm just wondering if it would be blocked out or what. Hmm. What should we try? Try it, Andrea. What do we try? Magic chat. Magic chat dialogue. Five five five. Yeah, one one four five 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 in the uh, demonstration, Jim, and Andrea, if I get an email about an unauthorized call on my Magic Jack, I'm sending it to you. <laughs> I'll turn it into expenses for campfire. <laughs> that that's outstanding, though. Huge. Do you think it would really, that, that, would, that wouldn't happen, right? I mean, I wouldn't think so. They, I, they said never a bill, and, and you know, they don't have any way to bill you for, for that. I don't, as far as I know, I no, don't I did, believe I you can. Four one seven five 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 one two one two. Well, I think you can buy overseas credit at, at very low rates to call outside of the United States and Canada. Um, I I think. Yeah, there was something on their website about this. Would be great if you traveled overseas. If you paid the, you know, you could dial local numbers. Mm-hmm. Like just dial home, and your family could call you. Hello, this is Larry Turnbull, Managing Director of ACB Radio, and 
here with me, I have uh, Rachel Schroeder, who uh, many of you have known around ACB Radio. Together we're going to be interviewing Dave Wilkinson and Greg Field with uh, Humanware on the orator for the BlackBerry phone. Hello, guys. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. Hey, everybody. How you doing? All right. So you guys have with you the orator BlackBerry, and most uh, people are wondering what is this device, uh, if there's anything at all that can work with the BlackBerry. So how does this device work? Well, I guess a little bit of background first, yep. Larry. Uh, we all know that there are a couple of accessible phone solutions on the market at this point, um, but there was a need for the BlackBerry environment for a number of reasons. One, the sheer speed of, uh, of, of information that could be sent, the time that it takes the information to get from the BlackBerry network to your unit, uh, the security involved in encrypting data that's being sent back and forth between users or between your BlackBerry and the server. Uh, the BlackBerry is, what is it, 415 countries that it's used in? Something like that. That, it's, that, that it's been approved for use in, which no, which no one else can come close to as far as just the safety of your data. So you have a lot of entities that are, that are interested in using a BlackBerry because you don't want anyone to be able to get your stuff, basically. So HumanWare and, Black, and, and, and BlackBerry and REM uh, a couple of years ago started working together uh, with Code Factory on developing a screen reader solution for the BlackBerry, which is Orator, which is what we're going to be demonstrating in a little bit and which should be out this fall. Uh, we're hoping for a release sometime in the fall. I'm thinking it's going to be a really good Christmas present for folks. So that's just a little bit of background as to uh, why you would look at BlackBerry. Uh, the speed, uh, the efficiency of the resources. Uh, BlackBerry prides itself on making the most out of the resources that's on, that are on your unit, whether it's the memory, uh, the processor. I think you'll find that when you get your hands on a BlackBerry with Orator, the, the response time between when you give the... Uh, the BlackBerry command, and when you're getting speech feedback, uh, can't be beat by any of the other screen access software programs that are out there. So you're getting maximum efficiency uh, of your unit. You're also getting a, an extremely long battery life uh, in your BlackBerry. Uh, and again, that just goes into the whole mantra of BlackBerry in, in making the absolute most out of all resources available. Right. And this uh, Orator software, it only works with the BlackBerry. Is that correct? The, the Orator software has been developed for Blackberries, which is a specific environment. Uh, it's a Java-based application, which is, uh, ties into to, uh, some of the security uh, that's involved in sending data back and forth. So, yes, you are looking at, at, at a sort of like, you know, you have operating systems for, for uh, Symbian or for Windows Mobile or for Windows smartphones. This is an operating system uh, into itself, and this is the screen reader that works in it. Great. Okay, and does the Orator have uh, multiple uh, speech engines on it? At the moment, we're using uh, Vocalizer Text-to-Speech, and we're using Samantha. Uh, that's what it will be released with. Um, you know, we can, we can always look at that, but at the moment, that's what we're using. Okay, that sounds great. So can we hear... Uh a demo of this phone and see how more how it works. Sure, and, and, and as we're demoing the uh, the unit, let me describe it a little bit. The BlackBerry that I'm using has a QWERTY or computer style keyboard, and the goal with Orator is to support all QWERTY models that are produced, starting with the date that Orator is released moving forward. Great. Uh, so you've got a 
QWERTY keyboard at the bottom of the screen, and then above that you've got four soft keys. Uh, those of you who've used mobile phones with other access solutions will be familiar with soft keys. They're just going across the top. Uh, going from left to right, you have call, menu, escape, and end. Uh, I've been referring to them all week as call me from going from left to right. It just has an extra E in me. And then in the middle, between the menu or between the menu and the escape key, you have a little uh, touch-sensitive directional pad. It feels like a little square. And when I rub my finger over the directional pad, you can almost think of it as a trackball that's not going anywhere, uh, then you're moving across the top of the screen. So that, for example, as I go across the screen... Media, seven of seven icons. Orator for BlackBerry, six of seven icons. Browser... Five of seven icons. Now I'm moving backwards across my screen. Calendar. Four of seven icons. Contacts. Three of seven icons. Or if I go into my menus, we'll actually we'll go into contacts and show you that you've got a vertical list. Contacts. Here. Vertical list. Start typing name of contact to hear matching entries or scroll through current contacts below. Deborah Goodman, Vodafone, Australia. So now I've got what it says is a vertical list, so that means I'm going to move my finger up and down over... Uh, the little square. Greg right. Fields Rib, 11 of 11. That's great. It, so it tells you if this uh, is vertical versus either horizontal or like a tactile style. That's menu. right. Or if you go into, you can go into other menus. Like if I open up, I'm, I'm on the home screen. And if I go to sort of the equivalent of its start menu. Horizontal list. Contacts. Application grid screen. And now I've got a grid going. So now I've got columns going. So I'm going to be scrolling up and down and I can move across. So it's telling me that I've got a grid screen going. So it's always, uh, Samantha is always telling me uh, what direction I can move, up, down, left, or right, and, and orders providing me immediate feedback as I move my finger up and down. Great. And it really is responsive. You can do yeah, it. So can it get to every menu that's on the BlackBerry? It can get to all of the menus that are on the BlackBerry. You are going to have... Uh, it, it, when, when, the, when the BlackBerry, when Orator comes out, the core applications of the BlackBerry will be supported. Um, we are doing some work on the instant messaging, uh, the web browser, and the media player. They will probably be supported shortly after the release, but not on the initial release, uh, but it'll be a free upgrade. And I'll let Greg talk about this in a bit, but REM is developing a third-party developer kit or guidelines for software developers so that you can easily make software that's going to be accessible for the BlackBerry. There's quite a bit of software that already works on it, but as we know, when you're you're working with screen readers and anything, you've got some things that are going to work phenomenally well, and you're going to have some things that don't do so well. And if you want to talk a little bit about the developer kit. Sure. So the developer kit actually takes advantage of two of the things already available. Um, one of the things that we had to do to be able to uh, support a screen reader on our platform was we had to provide um, an interface. You had to provide third-party applications some way to know what's on the screen. And there doesn't exist an accessibility API on Java Micro Edition like there is on the desktop. Uh, for those who are used to developing for desktop, you've got the Java Access Bridge and the accessibility APIs available for um, Java Enterprise and Java Standard Edition that don't exist in the Micro Edition world of mobile phones. So we've developed um, the BlackBerry Accessibility API 
and it's a public information, so third-party application developers can support the interface, write to it, and by default um, have access to their application by Orator. Um, and the second part is our user interface guidelines. How do you render a screen using accessible components? And that, those are things that are already existing documentation, but it, it's not in the same location and not in the same document and doesn't give a developer all the information they need. So we're developing, and we have a, a kind of version 0.1 of it, um, a BlackBerry Accessibility Developer's Guide, as Dave said, that will include more information about why do you develop um, applications for persons with disabilities, some of the benefits, some of the guidelines, um, going through our interfaces, the user interface component sets, and actually going through an example. So here's a code sample that um, implements accessibility in where, so that's very clear for developers developing applications that they understand, well, here's how you do it. Um, there is some of that available on other platforms, so I know there's uh, there are standards and expectations, and we're hoping that uh, with feedback from the developer community, we'll just make this an even better app, um, developer guideline. That really sounds great. So that would mean any third-party software that uh, comes like for web applications and that sort of thing would uh, make it more accessible. Well, there are a lot of applications, um, you know, developed by one person, two people, large organizations, small, and as we all know, they're not necessarily thinking about everybody, right? There's a core set of their audience that they know, and they're developing you know, an application that lets you um, extend the vibrations of your uh, phone calls, for example. Yeah, there are things that you can do um, without even doing a whole lot of additional work to make it accessible. We want to reach uh, those individuals as well as the larger ones. But luckily, this is a small enough space that for large um, software development firms, I mean, I know them or you know, my organization knows them, um, and we can just work with them directly. All right. That the, really sounds great. Okay. The bottom line here, um, everybody's out there saying, okay, I like this. How do I get it? Where do I get it? Do you? I know it's not out yet, but do you have um, an idea how this is going to be packaged as far as the BlackBerry with the software, um, how they can purchase that at a basic price point, ballpark figure? You've got a couple of different price points that you're looking at. Your BlackBerry and your Orator software would be purchased independently of each other. Um, I mean, you know, you could have distributors who would bundle them together, but as far as what HumanWare would be offering, we're assuming that you'll choose whichever BlackBerry you want to use, which is going to be any of the query models that are produced from the day that Orator is shipped forward, uh, so that you would choose your BlackBerry and then get the software. The price point has not been finalized. Uh, it's not been etched in stone, I guess, at this point. It's going to be around $450. Uh, we are working with cell, uh, cellular providers to make solutions available, such as those that exist with your, uh, some of your other screen access solutions, which also could you know, lower the price of your BlackBerry as well. So we will have details on those as they become available and as negotiations are finished. All right. And how easy would it be to uh, install the software on the BlackBerry phone? Could somebody do it without uh, sighted assistance if they already have a BlackBerry and they want to buy the software and put it on? Do you want to talk about the installation procedure sure. since you've actually... Sure, sure. Um, I guess one of the, the first points would be that if you already have a BlackBerry app, um, smartphone um, and you had it before Orator for BlackBerry smartphones was released, it wouldn't be supported. So it would need to be a device that was supported, which would be anything after release of um, the Orator for BlackBerry smartphone uh, application that has a QWERTY keyboard. So it would first need to be the right phone, but luckily that will be a, a large list. 
um, of available phones across carriers at different price points. And in terms of loading it, it's like loading other software applications. Um, you'd be able to uh, do it a couple of ways. If you were to connect the device to your, um, your desktop or your laptop for which you already have access, and you would go to the Humanware website and download it, then you know, the actual installation is as simple as going to a website and downloading uh, from your desktop. Um, if you're going to do it over the air, uh, you'd be loading software that has access to text-to-speech um, that isn't installed yet. So the actual installation process requires TTS to be accessible to a blind user. So until it is loaded, um, it by itself isn't accessible. So the, the actual process at this point does require some assistance. Okay. But again, just to clarify that, it would only be if you're downloading it over the air. If right. you're downloading it by you know, just plugging it into your, to your computer and using something very much like ActiveSync to send the program across, then it's not going to be a big deal. Okay, yeah, because what I was getting at there is some programs, you know, if you do it via ActiveSync, then there's some prompts that may appear on the phone that you wouldn't see. Right, and that is the yeah. case here as well. There, there is a couple of prompts where you have to put in your okay. license number and a couple of different things that um, in this initial release and the, you know, the, the first solution, um, having the need for TTS, uh, you need to have that before you'd be able to have something read it out to you. Right, okay. Yeah, because some of them you could even bypass that and use the, own, the screen reader's own executable and it would actually install without you having to deal with any prompts on the phone. Which is the, the joy of Java. In that yeah. <laughs> executables in Java aren't two nice words. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Any other questions, Rachel? Um, is there anything we missed? Anything that uh, you want to say yeah. that we missed? Um, where can people get more information about all of this uh, new fun technology? Isn't it so much fun playing with new technology? <laughs> it is a lot of fun play, playing with new technology. You can go to www.humanware.com slash Orator. Yep, and I will mention here that Humanware is uh, sponsoring ACB Radio Mainstream this year. So that is a real good thing. We I appreciate that very much. Really appreciate that, yes. Thank you. We're glad to do it. And for more information about some of the accessibility solutions for BlackBerry, so for those who are deaf, hard of hearing, um, have low vision, uh, cognitive impairments, mobility impairments, in addition to or uh, not in addition to uh, any visual impairments, you can go to blackberry.com forward slash accessibility. Um, any questions about any of those solutions, you can send an email to accessibility at rim.com. That's R-I-M.com. It all comes to me, so I'll be more than happy to answer questions. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much yep. for Thank you very much. By. It's great yep. to be here. Thank you. All right. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.